welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, good morning, Russ. Good morning. Good to get together with you for a conversation. Welcome to Conversations About Life. Yes. So, just as way of introducing you, we were on a mission trip together. It was... I guess my only mission trip I've ever been on it was to Mexico. But I know you do this all the time. You're always going on mission trips. A little bit and, less right now, I mean, with yeah. all the travel restrictions and stuff, but I do enjoy it. I could tell you enjoyed it. So what is it about mission trips that you enjoy so much? I could, you know, I know you, you really did enjoy it, it seemed like. I think for me, one of the things is, and it's not just mission trips, I've had the opportunity to do some other things like Bates Creek or something like that. You know, we all work and we have our everyday life and we want to make everything about God. But when you're on a mission trip or, or something like Bates Creek, it's just a constant focus. You know, you want to fellowship together, the right definition of fellowship, and um, just sort of... Uh, I don't know. You really get to know people and, um, and, and proclaim the word together. That's something that I'm an outgoing kind of personality. So that's something that is easy for me. And it's a, it's an important conversation. And so really realizing all that, but I, I, I just thoroughly enjoy, um, I actually enjoy leading. I'm a bit of an organizer, a little bit of a control freak, perhaps even, and, uh, uh, getting a chance to set that up and give, people and experience I don't think I realized it was your first mission trip um, but I, I do so enjoy that because it changes people in so many ways they they know what God is going to do through them or at least they have a concept they don't really realize what God is going to do in them so often and uh, I enjoy seeing that developed on mission trips and so I've had the opportunity to take several um, trips with people on their first time trips and it's just always a growth thing, sort of, but I mean, I, I like to watch people or, or see people experience something they knew but didn't really expect in themselves. I think that's a big deal for me. Is your personality kind of more like an extrovert where you um, get energized and encouraged by being with groups of people? Absolutely. That's probably a real good point. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a loner by any means. When I work alone, it's difficult, you know, which happens a lot. I, I just like to, yeah, I'm, I'm more of an extrovert in that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned, like, the word and, you know, so I know you, so you're coming from a Christian perspective and you're talking about, you know, the Christian message and so forth. So how did that get started for, for you? Mm, I'd have to think on that for a second. Um, I mean, coming from a testimonial aspect, when I was younger, I came forward and got baptized, and I always would proclaim God, but I certainly didn't live the life. And through um, my children, actually, uh, one in particular, Andy, I ended up... Um, there's some details involved, but I ended up seeing that I wasn't doing things right. And so uh, when I got involved with the church, I should even say the church body, uh, it was just a good family, community family dynamic that I just came to enjoy so much. 
And um, when I began to realize the importance in me, I began to realize the importance in helping others <laughs> to see that importance as well. So I guess in a way that's kind of how that got started. But Mission Trip specifically, um, I had uh, one of my mentors at our church, one of the pastors that's not there now, uh, Todd Cathy, amazing man of God. He taught me a lot, and he mentioned, hey, we want to put you on the missions committee. I'm like, well, why, why would I be on the missions committee? He's like, dude, you've been on every mission trip this church had for the last couple of years. I'm like, oh, have I really? And I just, I, you know, people, oh, I'm called to this, I'm called to that. I don't know that I necessarily experienced a calling to missions, but as it became, as it started to develop, it became obvious to me that, that's one of the things God was doing in me, you know? And so um, looking back, I could say now, I wish I had realized that I was, I'm called to inspire, teach, train, and send. And I've had that opportunity to do that. And so that's also allowed me to be a teacher in some Sunday school classes and some other things like that. And I just enjoy, I'd like to say imparting wisdom, but I'm probably not the wisest man you ever met. So, but what I, my experiences, um, if I can help someone else maybe experience or learn, that's kind of a thing. I, I didn't know that then. I can look back and see that now. Mm-hmm. So Right. And for you, as far as like the Christian faith and so forth, that started when you were a kid. You said you weren't I, I walked, but you, you walked A forward. knowledge, maybe okay. not a faith. Okay, <laughs> So, yeah. So I came forward, and I remember a vacation Bible school, and I only remember a few things about that in Illinois where I, I had gone forward. But I certainly wasn't living the life. As a matter of fact, there was a lot of very anti-Christian aspects of my life at that time. And so those just began to drop away when I, you know, began to understand a little deeper. Yeah. And then at that, so, so you've always believed in the existence of God, but it just wasn't a personal type of Yeah, I think that'd be a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said your son kind of is what worked in your life? To- well, if I could give you a quick little story, he was on a Wednesday night and he chose to go to a church function instead of, because that was, you know, Wednesday nights often churches meet instead of his baseball game. And I kind of gave him a little lecture, good at that. And um, just mentioned, hey, your baseball team's counting on you and everything. Well, he went back and talked to his mom, my wife, Krista, a wonderful woman, and um she came to me and said, hey, I'm not sure we handled this right. Well, Andy, we meeting me. <laughs> and uh, she said, uh, you know, we were talking and, and he just feels very strongly about church. And then he said, don't you see me as different than others? And she said, I have to admit, I do see him as different than others. So we had this conversation where we realized they would come back from like church camp and brothers and sisters would be pleased and thank you to each other. And like, whose kids are these kind of thing, you know, and. And uh, we began to realize that it was different. So um, she started going to church. I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good. And then she kind of said, well, are you going to go? And I wasn't really at first. And then after a few months, I did and and just began to hear God's word properly. And that just evolved into. So I'm not one of those guys that could say, oh, on this date at this time, I was saved, you know, staking the ground kind of a thing. People say that's not me at all. As a matter of fact, I can't even really put my finger on the time that I said, wow, I need Jesus properly. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of developed from there. Okay. So, right. And I'm a do person. 
you know, I'm a fixer. I'm a carpenter, so I fix things. And so uh, I started out in the bus ministry, okay. working on the bus and then driving it and then kind of running the bus ministry sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, about how old were you when all this was going on? Late 30s. Late 30s? Late okay. 30s, yeah. All right. Cool. And... Um, and then what you find satisfying in it all is like being active and doing something. So it sounds yeah, like. I'm a very do person, which I have to be careful because in learning to teach, you, you have to learn that not everybody thinks the way you do. And if I feel like, oh, you need to do this or do that, that, that may not be the right approach for somebody. But for me, um, I heard a sermon once where a guy said, if you're struggling, um, just serve. And um, just just serve God, and uh, He can bring you in well or, or back in is what this sermon was about. But for me, that it, that's how God revealed, if I could say that Himself to me in a deeper way, just being active um, in the church and service, and then sort of evolve from there. I guess would be one way to put it. You know, when it comes to like being close to God, where you know you've experience it like you feel close to God is that for you through doing things yes and you use the word satisfaction I would say that um, even in difficult service times like if you are on a mission trip or or doing a church activity or something and it doesn't seem to be going the way you saw in your head that it might go um, I'm still very satisfied if I I always hesitate to say, I'm in God's will because it's so hard to perfectly be in God's will. But it is satisfying to know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it becomes easier to be satisfied in that when you realize the results aren't on you. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, the results are on God. And so you do what you're supposed to do and God does what he does. And... um, yeah, that sounds all great. I'm not perfect at it, though, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, for, for me, um, it's kind of like putting love into something because um, if, if I'm doing something um, and the motivation is love, then there, whether it works out good or whether it doesn't work out good, at least there's that satisfaction knowing. I love that word too. You know, I did it that way. So, and I'm not. That's not a, a regular part of my life as much as I'd like it to be. But I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, but that does make things more satisfying if the motives are right, rather than if it's just kind of going through the motions, just trying to get something done or so forth. You know. Right, and that's easy to. To fall into that trap too. I mean, sometimes you just know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But I like that you said the the, the love of it. If it's done in love, that's that's the thing. You hear that little thing like if you're for like say for a uh, a work or whatever. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And so yeah. I do love serving, and I don't see it as work. That being said, and being a high energy person. I sometimes run off ahead of the pack, you know, without really thinking that through as well. So I have to be careful there. So like a high energy person, that's how I picture you as a high energy person. So where does that come from? Like, 
like, do you just always have a lot of energy? Do you have to just... Pretty much. Do you? Okay. Because we joke around about sleep, and I'll say something like, well, you know, life's... Uh, now, I'm drawing a blank, but I mean, um, life's short, stay awake for, for it kind of thing, you know. So I'm a night owl in so many ways. And so often I'll process or do things at night, whether it be reading, which isn't the perfect scenario because you don't retain it as well, I know, but... Um, I'm slow to get started in the morning, but I kind of feel like a locomotive. Like once you get me going, you can't really stop me. <laughs> you know, it'd be eight o'clock night. People are like, dude, we're done. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so I, I have to be careful. I think I've always been very energetic, which translates into, uh, I have a weird family dynamic, but my mom was married a few times, but, um, when she finally got it right, that guy really had a good worth ethic. And um, it just caused me to to focus on things like that. And um, do you have to do anything fitness wise to be energetic? Um, like eating good or anything like that? Well, it would probably be good since I recently <laughs> found out I have a few health issues oh, going really? on. So, oh, okay. well, nothing substantial. I just found out like a little over a year ago I'm diabetic. Okay. So wow. maybe that was a thing. Uh, 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 not like hardcore, so I'm not even taking medicine. I'm controlling it through diet, mostly, and um, take my sugar every day. But um, I don't really, I don't really work out or anything. Uh, I should, <laughs> you know, it's just healthy. But yeah. uh, I don't know what keeps my energy going. Just but maybe like being active, you just get into it. Maybe that's kind of well. I am that. I mean, I'm just a year and a half off of sixty, and I'll still crawl around in trusses to do my work or whatever things like that and so even going to the doctor is like you're not on any medicine I'm like no what would I be on you know blood pressure all that kind of stuff is good so um, just I think I guess the physicality of construction has kept me active and somewhat healthy that's good know? so yeah yeah that's good because some yeah. people talk about that the opposite way like construction has kind of broken them down you know <laughs> So, well, I can't say it hasn't been a little bit hard on my body, but <laughs> a little uh, bit of both, maybe. Never really noticed knee issues until just recently, and then someone wisely said, "You should wear knee pads." Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, yeah. So there are some things. I've had a few injuries here and there, back injury, or not really too many broken bones, but a lot of pulled muscles and a few things like that. So, yeah. Well, what have you learned over the years? Um, like anything comes to mind that um, you know through whatever you've learned and you're glad you know it now maybe you wish you knew it when you were younger or just I would say that early on in my Christian walk when I began to understand I I did a few um, Bible studies that would probably have related more to people who had children because my children were pretty well grown at that time Uh, I have learned that um, the importance of parenting and the things that I did wrong I mean I did things so wrong in so many ways I mean I was an active father participatory my kids were in baseball and scouts and I was an active father and all that but um, uh, I just wish that I had had more scriptural knowledge so that I could have been a more godly man Uh, and so that that's caused me to be able to tell people, here's what you don't do and here's why, you know, sort of a thing. So I've learned about this. I'm so sorry. Let me turn this phone down. So, yeah, I would say um, parenting, uh, learning how to parent 
a little too late for my children, but um, fortunately God took over. And uh, I like to try to, to give people, again, those experiences so that maybe they can avoid the pitfalls. So in experience, I would say learning, just learning to help others not make the mistakes I made. I mean, I have even said, why did God let me go through what he let me go through or had me go through when, because I'm so active, I, I could have been a, a good force, not for God, because God does what he does, but I realized that I went through sections of life I went through so that I can help other people that are in those areas. Okay, so that's kind of before you kind of got into Christianity Correct. as an adult yeah. in your 30s. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, so you feel like you're able to reach out to people who might be there themselves. Yeah, I, yeah, and I feel like obviously God's plan is perfect, but I feel like that was very intentional on God's part to help me be there. And also the mistakes I learned as a young Christian, like I said, I'm kind of a strong personality, and so, oh, you need to do it this way. I've learned that's, that's not really how you teach people either. <laughs> you know, you just have to say, did you ever consider, <laughs> you know, and, and let them think it through. So what about before being serious in the Christian faith to after? What's the comparison like? Like, was that previous way of life, um, did it have its benefits? Was it there, uh, it fun or was it just pure misery? Or um, in comparison, you know, obviously you like the Christian way better or you wouldn't be there now. But um, what advantages does it have compared to just living any way one wants to and so forth? See, that's a really a great question. I don't know that I had thought about it in, the as- in that aspect. Was it fun? Was it beneficial? Was it mem- uh, uh, miserable? I hadn't really thought of it. I don't think I saw myself as miserable. Well, part of my testimony is this. Um, I was a hardcore personality. And so, um, the church secretary, a very good friend of mine, I, I feel like she's my secretary. She helps with anything that I need uh, with the church or anything like that. But she had revealed to me some four or five, six years in that, because my kids went to the church I go to, um, she said, anytime we saw you in the parking lot, me and the other girl would argue as to which one had to wait on you and the other one would leave the room. I'm like, really? Because I didn't see myself like that. Looking back, because obviously if I was there, something was wrong. My, my kids were rambunctious and they were kids. Um, but um, I didn't realize what my personality was then or how people saw me. So I would say it was a benefit in the fact that now when I run into somebody with that kind of attitude, I'm like, no, I get that. I've been there. And um, um, I didn't realize when the church would come every Saturday. Oh, your kid's riding a bus tomorrow. They'd bring ice cream or something like that. And I'd close the door. Why do they come? They know the kids are going every week. What I didn't realize is they were trying to reach me. And so I learned through that as well that um, if I'm in that scenario, which I have been, uh, I need to be more focused on the parents, if you will, so that I, or or whoever in there to, to try to reach them. So I would say it was beneficial but I don't know that I saw it as necessarily fun. I'm just, I like that fun wherever I go. Yeah. And when we go on a mission trip, I promise people an experience they'll never forget. And I have yet not to deliver that. 
uh, just because I'm sort of childishly fun often. And so, um, I, I think anyway. <laughs> and so I don't know that it was misery either. Looking back, I guess I could say that, but, uh, it's interesting. I'll have to have ponder that a little more. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. Are there, so as far as the Christian life, like what is it that makes it, what's, I know there's a lot of enjoyable aspects of it, like the relationships and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wonder if it's like the meaning behind it, like people, human beings, it's almost like they need meaning, like uh, to know that they have a, a place in the world that's significant, that something important is happening mm-hmm. in them and through them. I wonder if that's a part of what makes the Christian life pretty satisfying, like it just feels significant or something. I yeah, know. I would say absolutely. I mean, if um, in any teaching aspect, if you can teach a youngster to read a tape measure or something like that, you're always thrilled with their progress and that or teach them to play ball or whatever you're good at and you teach somebody, there's always that satisfaction. But knowing how important the gospel is now, um, there's great satisfaction in helping somebody to understand that and grow through that. I, I, I'm so blessed to get to teach a, a class in our church once a month called The Starting Point, which is often for new Christians. And sometimes it's just people getting to know the church, but new Christians and, and to help them understand in a greater depth, that's huge, especially if someone comes back and says, you know, I, I looked into that little passage you told me about. It meant so much. And I know it's not me talking, and yet I feel great satisfaction that I was a part of yeah. being able to help them grow in that. Yeah. So, yeah. Any particular... Um like guiding principles, maxims, or anything that have helped you through life, like uh, things that you try to keep in mind and they help you navigate through whatever situations and stuff, anything like that that, you know, you kind of carry with you or or that you have at times? Well, before I understood gospel properly, I would, I love the old do unto others as you would have them do unto you thing. So, um... Before I became a Christian, and now I would advise anybody, always take the high road. Retaliation or revenge is nothing, now that I know more about it, it's nothing to seek after, but now that I know more about it, I realize that's as damaging as anything. And so I always um, I always thought on a business card, a good verse would be like Galatians 6.10. that says, be good to all people, especially to those that are of the house of believers. Hmm. And so um, I... I really like that because yeah. even if someone's not a Christian, you know, say, you know what, that here lies a good man when I'm gone. I mean, that would be, I know that's sort of self-serving to say, but that would be a great goal that everybody would see you as someone loving, helpful, and there for them. Uh, I'm not as good as some people at it, but uh, I, I just like to be the good guy, which is leads back to what the church secretary was telling me. I thought I was a good man at that time because I was just caring for my kids. But then I see how she really saw me 
that was huge. It was really big for me to hear that. I, I say it a lot, kind of. I use that story a lot, actually. So is this before you were a churchgoer? Or after you were coming to church? So both ways. Okay. I always felt like being good to other people was the way. You know, everybody feels like they have a moral value. Now I understand where that comes from. But before I tried to follow Christ better, um, I still feel like I was a good guy. I mean, right. you know, I didn't want to lie, cheat, uh, cheat or steal kind of thing. Yeah. Not that I didn't go through periods of real rebellion, but um, I feel like I've always sort of had that mentality of of wanting just to do things right just yeah. to do things right so but as a christian it means so much more now yeah, yeah. Well, what about like when you come in your the secretary would see you that was the church secretary <laughs> and was i'm gonna that, throw her name out there leanne no love that woman <laughs> she's amazing <laughs> and was that after you were a church goer and she would see you come in and they wouldn't really want to deal with you no that, that was, was before, before. Oh, I that see. was definitely what were you before. doing coming to the church then well at one time my son came in and said one of the adults had pushed him or something and i okay. really had a fit over that i went in and talked to the pastor and the pastor there was a pretty boisterous person at that time and uh He's like, well, what would you have done? I don't know. I, don't know I was going to confront him. It's not like I would punch him out. I'm not really a fighter, you know, even then. I mean, I hadn't done some of that, but never, nothing like that. I don't know what I would have done. But I felt like my responsibility was to take care of my kids. When looking back, and now I know this guy. It's funny, when we both made that realization, um, I just felt like I was doing the right thing for my kids by protecting them. And, uh, but in reality, looking back, I, I know my kids were pretty rough. I've learned some more about my kids now that I know people in the church is how they were when they were younger. So, yeah, yeah I kind of get it. <laughs> well, that's and, of... I, and I've had to deal with kids on the bus. I see why they might have got pushed. <laughs> you know, so. Right. Well, that's kind of interesting, just the difference between our self-perception and how others might see us. You know? Yeah, and that's why I use that story fairly regularly because I can say now, instead of, here's what you need to do, I can say, you know, I used to think and let people kind of reason things out like for themselves. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. Um, it'd be interesting just to know ourselves from someone else's perspective because I think like when we're in our bodies and we're thinking through our heads and that's not necessarily the same thing that we're actually saying and doing, we don't have a clear picture of ourselves. And I bet a, a clear picture would be really helpful. And that's Well, that's true. And because I'm a strong personality, I still have to be careful that even people of the faith who are great Christian family members or friends, um, I've been known to irritate people. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but you know, so I don't mean to, I, I really have the best intentions, but you're exactly right. The, the question becomes, you know, how do people see us? And if we can think that through, it's, I could see that as beneficial. Again, that sounds all great, but mm-hmm. I don't always do it that way. <laughs> It'd be valuable to have somebody who could just give it to us frankly, you know, I have found that people that speak frankly are valuable. I mean, because then you know where you stand, you know. So yeah. that's that turns out to be important. Yeah. Well, 
Is there has there been anything in the past that you've had to overcome in your life, or um, something you're going through now that you don't you know that you're fine with talking about? That um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Paul had his thorn in the flesh, or in my life, I can think of just particular situations or uh, uh, difficulties, habits, or whatever. And they're the type of thing I just got to trust God with and hope he works my way th- through it and stuff. Anything in particular comes to mind that you've had Probably to Probably the biggest thing that comes to mind, and this could relate because you used the word habit specifically, uh, smoking was a really difficult thing for me because, you know, the Bible doesn't specifically say anything against it, but we know it's not healthy. Um, and it's socially acceptable, so so often, uh, actually, um, one of your children, Miss Jenny, was an integral part of me quitting smoking, and uh, because we had done a Bates Creek thing, and she needed a ride home, but I hadn't been smoking much that week, and I was like, yeah, I can't take you home, and I just thought about that so much, um, and so... As I thought about that, and there were one or two other people that were really... Uh, I feel like that affected, you know, the outcome of a scenario, but that's a simple scenario, but yet not really. Um, That was a really difficult one. And before that sounds all great, I would say that I quit for four or five years and then it snuck back into my life. And I'm not really sure how. Um, I was just around a bunch of guys that were smoking and then I did it again. And gosh, it was even harder to overcome the second time. And so um, that was uh, that was probably the most difficult thing to overcome. I never was a big drinker. I mean, I drank when I was younger some, but never really like a lot of guys drink, you know, nothing like that. And, and uh, uh, But um, just to be blatantly honest, when, um, when I was not following Christ properly, um, I did have some addiction issues. And uh, uh, I had to overcome that as well. But for some reason, that was easier. That just sort of dropped away. But smoking did not because it was a little more acceptable. And so I had to uh, deal with that. So I would say that was probably the hardest habit to overcome. And I, I do still struggle with keeping a check on my personality. I just don't mean to be such a strong personality but I am which is maybe beneficial in some leadership aspects but maybe not in some others especially when you're serving alongside someone else who's a strong personality Hmm. and so that could easily um, I I wouldn't say turn volatile but unhealthy you know and so I I still have to keep that in check a lot more than people realize (laughs) You know, so that's, uh, that can be a, a thing. So with the smoking, overcoming it, was it just like gutting it out, just pure willpower until you, you stomped it out? or? How? No, I actually needed, I there was some medicines there at the time that were helpful. Um, but I was still, I was just, I was praying and praying with my wife and it just wasn't happening. And... Um, I did not realize, but my wife went to the church, and they just had a couple of prayer meetings, uh, during the prayer meetings at least. I don't know if they had specific prayer meetings for me. Maybe they did. But um, when the church got together and prayed, it was kind of 
amazing how that just affected. I mean, we don't pray to change God's mind, but um, God definitely uses our actions there. And so we, we, we pray to develop our relationship with him. But um, other people praying for him, I just feel like that was it, you know. So maybe hmm. God let that happen at the time he did for their relationship as well. But that was the thing. When, um, when I finally quit and she told me, you know, she's like, oh, I went to church. There were several of us praying for you. I'm like, really? A little embarrassed at first, but so thankful eventually. So, yeah. Am I unplugged? No, you're fine. You're fine. Just playing with the cord. Oh, yeah. No, I just keep an eye on it to make sure our levels are good and stuff. And um, Okay. Well, that's interesting that mm-hmm. prayer was involved and God working through that. I would say that was the thing. Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, with the Webers. They're, they're going to be the episode right before you on the podcast. And John was talking about his own philosophy of life, you know. And, and, uh, one Love of the, that family. Yeah. And one of the things he said, and having some fun. That's important to him. And it seems like um, maybe you fit into that groove, too. It seems like you enjoy enjoying life and I so forth. I do. Um I do enjoy life a lot. Um, wish I had some cute little quip to say about it. I don't really hit this moment, but um, I feel like Jesus was enjoyable to be around. I feel like people enjoyed, not just hearing... Our new pastor uh, is not so new now. He's been there a little while. I just love that guy, but he's a lot of fun to be around. Um, our other pastor was too. I spent time with him. I loved him. Uh deeply but um it's just a i think it's an important aspect i mean i don't want to say why would you do something if you don't enjoy it because there are a lot of things we have to do we don't enjoy but you want to do it if you enjoy it yeah so it kind of goes back to the if you work with something you enjoy you never really work a day in your life and i enjoy carpentry but uh I, yeah i would call myself i think i'm a fun guy not a fungus, a fun guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, for you to have fun at something, what what do you have to do to to have fun mm. with something? <laughs> yeah, make a lot of jokes. Okay. Sometimes they're only funny to me, but you know, <laughs> sometimes they're. I, I remember being on one mission trip to Italy, and there was a, it was a vision trip uh, that uh, Pastor Jeremy was on at the time too, and uh, um, they had asked me to pray, and I just prayed earnestly. I don't even really remember what I said. I know we were praying for the pastor, and then there were some other pastors on this trip with us, and then we got to, back to the hotel room, and I said something stupid that I thought was funny, not not inappropriate. I, I try to never do that, but. And he just looked at me and said, wow, I just can't believe such a beautiful prayer come out of your mouth. And then you say something like that. I don't know, dude, that's just who I am. <laughs> you know? So I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. Not important, but if yeah. I, I, I'm a little bit older, so sports-wise and effects of smoking, I don't really, I'm not really physically active. Like I, I played soccer with your son Billy down in Mexico and some other things that probably wouldn't do as much now but yeah. um, I, I enjoy those kind of things for sure 
but uh, uh, I just like conversation to be fun. Man, all my siblings are kind of like that. Okay. All, all the hundreds of my siblings. How many siblings do you have? That's really a good question. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> my life, my family life is like a Netflix special. And there's so much, there's probably enough for two seasons. I mean, so I know my mom was married three times till she died. Then I found out she was married two other times. And I know my biological father was married five times. And every now and then I was talking to a sister that I didn't meet until I was 21 down in Tennessee. And um, I, I feel like a, like a Disney movie to kids that weren't raised together that should have been because we're so close. As a matter of fact, I spent a lot of time down there still. I'm going down there next week uh, she's, uh, to her farm. But um, she's just, it was just quiet for a minute. She's like, oh, guess what? And I knew it. I said, there's another one of us. <laughs> and so I found another sister that apparently uh, he was not married to. And uh, I really call him my dad because uh, I didn't spend any time with him. He, I didn't even meet him until I got out of the service, out of the Air Force. But uh, it's just sort of, an odd dynamic wow. yeah really odd so quite mm-hmm. a few well okay so i was raised with three siblings until i was a very early teen and then my mom married the guy who lived next door when his wife died and um he's the one i called dad the most influence on my life actually said a lot of godly things but i didn't realize they were biblical until i got older and um uh, he had four kids, and so then there was eight of us. Two of them were older. The six of us, we moved from Illinois to uh, Missouri, um, right down there on Highway Y in DeSoto. And then uh, um, I went into the service and found out there were four girls from my biological father's side. Then I found out later there was a brother. Then I found out later there was another sister. Right. Some of them I've never met. Two of them I've never met. Yeah. So it's just sort of an interesting dynamic, but I know this. My mom had been married a few times, and I decided I was never going to do that. And my wife and I are like, oh, I'm in trouble here. I don't know, 36 years or so. (laughs) So, (laughs) But, yeah, so I I just don't want to do that, and neither does she. And so, uh, Well, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned Krista like a handful of times throughout the conversation. The most amazing woman in the world. So um, what is your – how do you guys connect in your relationship in a way that's – helpful like is there things you do with each other or how do you guys function together so part of this goes back to what we were saying before my life before christ and my life after christ are similar in my morals in a lot of ways um people would say wow how come you have such a happy marriage and i would say well you know that country song you've got to kiss an angel good morning um and actually i feel like I probably worshipped my wife when we were younger, even though she was a better person than me in so many ways. Uh, um, we weren't Christians, but um, I've just always... So when my mom did marry the guy who uh, she died with, they uh, 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 he would sing to her, you know, which I had never heard that before because she had been married before. As a matter of fact, the one that I thought was her second husband was alcoholic and abusive, and uh, I just had never seen that dynamic, and I that really had an impact on me that I didn't realize till later in life. And so um, I understood that you really have to work at your relationship. Um, 
But our secret might be that we don't spend as much time together as so many other people. Now, some people can work together as spouses and things like that, but because we had four kids and um, I didn't really do a good job making money with construction at that time, and you know, um, she would work nights as a waitress so I could be home with the kids and I would work days. Then when she became a nurse, an incredible nurse, um, she took weekends and a weekend option. So she was gone on the weekends and nights. And so um, it's very difficult on her to schedule, if anything's on a weekend, because the weekend option, obviously a little bit more financially uh, viable, but uh, and nights. But um, we don't really spend every day together. And so that causes us to have a lot to talk about. You know, whereas I see couples that might sit in a restaurant and just stare at each other, or even worse, their phones. Um, we don't have that issue. We have much to talk about, and uh, we're actually very different in a lot of ways. Maybe totally. <laughs> and so uh, what she's got going on in her ministry life and what I've got going on in my ministry life, um, when we get to serve together, we love that. We went to Cuba on a mission trip together. Oh, my gosh, what a wonderful time. And some other trips as well. She's been to Taiwan and Italy. Um, no, I don't think she went to Italy with us. I've sort of forgotten now. <laughs> but um, uh, we have much to talk about in uh, because we do kind of have different lives. And so while I don't recommend you try to spend half your life apart, <laughs> it does seem to have worked for us. You know, so. And when do you do the talking? Do you like uh, make time for it, or is it just kind of like it just happens and stuff? Well, when we were doing the bus ministry at the church on Wednesday nights, I would have to rush in and get the buses out and everything. We didn't have time for dinner, and she would be a bus captain, and I would be a bus driver. And um, we always knew we were going to eat dinner late on a Wednesday night, and. Um, Steaks are not the cheapest, but they're quick. And so we Wednesday night kind of became our steak and movie night because she would work Thursday night, which meant she needed to stay up all night Wednesday so that she could um, sleep during the day on Thursday before she did the night shift. And so we could, I'm a night owl and she's not. She's an early morning. I definitely am not. And so um, Wednesday nights is our very focused time together, but typically Mondays and Tuesdays as well. We try to do Sunday night church together, but she works all weekend, and she's amazing in the, the respect that she'll work all Saturday night, come in, go to church Sunday, and stay awake. So I have no respect for people who cannot stay awake on Sunday morning because she does. Of course, she has a desire. Um, but... Uh, so Sunday nights we spend together, Mondays and Tuesdays typically, uh, definitely Wednesdays, and then she works Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And so, okay. yeah, so she's sleeping during the day. And sometimes I won't see her from the time I go to bed Wednesday night because she goes to bed before I get up or maybe when I get up until again on Sunday morning because I leave for work or whatever I'm doing before she gets home, and then I don't get home till after she leaves, you know, so. Right. That's difficult in a lot of ways, but we're so used to it, and it has worked for us. So, I don't know the real secret, <laughs> God, you know. But that's that's, yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I guess, and just kind of wrapping up, as far as. 
Is there any particular ways that you see that God is shaping you and growing you presently or um, that you're hoping that, you know, you're wanting to grow or just anything or, you know, like looking into the future, anything you're looking forward to as far as that goes? There are some things going into my, going on in my church that, um, Possibly, I could have a different leadership role that I hope God is shaping me properly for. Whereas maybe two or three years ago, I thought, "Oh, I'm that guy. I'm ready." Um, in reading and studying a little bit, I realized I'm maybe not who I thought I was in <laughs> a leader, and so I'm learning on that. I'm going through a Mark Dever book right now that's really good. That guy's really good, and uh, I'm I, I love to read, but. Because I'm so energetic, if I sit down too long, I sleep. Okay. You know, so um, uh, reading has been difficult. But I, I've, I've recently discovered that uh, all day long with an earpiece, I can listen. And so I've gone through a few books like Grudem's. Okay. You know, it's a pretty big book, yeah. and um, I'm able to go through some of that stuff three and four times. Uh, I'm not perfect at re retaining a lot of stuff so it's really good repetition is important for me yeah and um so i hope that i hope that god is shaping me whether i become a leader in the church or not i hope that god is shaping me in such a way that i can learn from it and be sure that you know I'm not seeking out my desires and, and maybe I would be more open to God's desires uh, in that, but it has made me realize actually that I still, and I hope we all say this, I still have so much growth I need, you know, and so it kind of remains to be seen how that develops. I, I, I have enjoyed being a deacon in the church because I sort of just by default have managed to serve in so many ways and so uh i don't know if that'll develop farther or not you know so um we'll see but i i I hope that through my experiences i can look back and go okay here's i think i mentioned this earlier here's what i did wrong and here's why you don't want to do it even as a christian if not especially as a christian having a conversation with someone i love very much a few days ago I, i realized i'm forcing you, you know a gospel conversation I'm forcing my thoughts on them and I got to remind myself because I remind others you know our job is just to lead people to the foot of the cross and let Jesus convict their hearts and that way we can love everybody without condemning them for their sin because we all know we have sin in our life whether it be what you call a hardcore sin or not you know uh, there's so much that society is pushing on us nowadays it's, kind of a thing (laughs) so um i I hope i'm really growing in that and i'm anxious to see how god uses that i I would like to get back into missions i've i've done as many international missions as i have uh domestic missions in our country and uh, i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy that and um uh, italy for example um we went over there four or five times and the church grew in such a way that the service project we were doing wasn't viable anymore because they moved out of that area and into something else. And and they credit us, but in reality, it was really just... What I always said about Bates Creek, it's not a magical place, but when God's people get together to proclaim God's word, God works. 
And so I, I, I hope I can continue to keep that thought in mind and grow in that because, again, I'm far from perfect at it. It's kind of a, yeah, <laughs> kind of a thing. So um, myself, I have to overcome my own personality often, you know. And so uh, because I'm OCD, so details are important to me. But sometimes I lend too much importance to the details that I've experienced that somebody else might experience differently. And so I have to watch that. So personally, um, I hope that God continues to make me realize that. And since I'm in a little more focused study now, I've, <laughs> I read Donald Whitney's, uh, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Oh yeah. my gosh. If that won't slap you around, you think you're a Christian, you think you're spiritually disciplined, but when you realize all the details focused in one place, you start dwelling on that. You realize, wow, I have so much to learn. And so I think the more I learn, I realize the less I know, <laughs> you know? Right. And so, yeah. 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 I guess that's where, where I'm at now. Well, thanks Russ. It's been uh good conversation and encouraging. I've been encouraged by it. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Let me encourage you a little bit more. Um, you have impacted me personally, <clears throat> excuse me, so much, first through your children, because I, as I got to meet them, Servant Billy is an amazing young man and his family and Sarah. <laughs> Funny, I've been on mission trips with both of them before they were married. Now they're married. I'm just like, it's really really great uh, same yeah. thing with uh, Craig and Abby Cop took them on mission trips now they're married and they have a desire to do that now they've got young children it's not a perfect timing for them at the moment but um, your children you impacted me through your children probably more than you realize and then when I got to meet you when I very first met you you're kind of a quiet guy you, you think before you speak something I could definitely benefit from learning on but uh I just, I'm, I've been inspired by you, oh, you know, thanks. quite a bit, actually. And uh, there are just several aspects of the way you've raised your children that I wish I personally hmm. had have maybe experienced or understood then. But now you're an example. <laughs> so I can just, hey, I know a guy they, this, this way or that way with their family. And, and um, your children are amazing. Uh, I don't know them all real well. I know most of them a little bit. Some of them a little better. Um, but you're, you, uh, the three that just have been amazing to serve alongside were Billy and Jenny and Ellie. And right. those three are just uh, amazing people. I don't get to spend time with any of them anymore. Mm -hmm. A little disappointed by that. So when I see them again, I'll have to give them the big old super squeeze on a hug. But uh, I, I still do interact with Billy and Sarah a little bit because, you know, they're missionaries. But um, yeah. There are things within that that I just, I, I've taken away from you, and I, I certainly appreciate that. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Russ. Appreciate well, thank your time. you, sir. Mm -hmm.